for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is May 24, 2022, and today's guest is the wild and crazy Clint Casper. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 218. And the guest I have on, if you know who Clint Casper is, you do know how energetic he is and how positive he is. He's just a wild man, and I uh, I thoroughly enjoy talking to him. Today's podcast is majority about uh, the buck that he killed last last January. Now, I I get it, it's, you know, it's end of May, coming into June. It's like, why are we talking to Buck in January? But the thing is, is like, this is going to live forever. So if you want to know, you know, about any tactics that, that Clint was deploying or how, you know, he might, his situation might relate to a situation you might have, it'll be here forever. You can just come back, dial it up and listen to it. Um, this thing was a giant. He, he hunted this for like 74 days or something like that. You know, big mainframe eight pointer almost scored 180 inches as, or I'm sorry, 170 inches as an eight pointer, just shy of it. I mean, that's just a giant eight point. So it's pretty cool. And it's, he's got a couple tactics in here. And when he was full draw and the deer, there was this, this buck was with some other deer and how he got the, the, they were onto him kind of thing and how he got their attention off him. It's, it's kind of crazy. But he also did get frostbit. Uh, his hands are frostbit from it still to this day are, you know, he's got side effects from that, but it's a cool story. I don't want to get too much into it right now because it's, I want him to tell it, but you know, he also has his own podcast called the CC hunt file. So if you want to listen to it, go to working class bow hunter and it's on that feed on where you would download your podcast. So he shares a feed with WCB guys and actually tomorrow as this is airing today tomorrow uh i he did an episode with me i'm actually on the cc hunt files tomorrow so go check that episode out as well so a couple housekeeping things i want to talk about a couple things coming up um total archery challenge june 10th 11th 12th i believe in michigan i'm actually going this year so if you guys are going up to tack i will be there um 
And I don't want to say too much about it right now, but I will be hanging out around the uh, vendor section and you'll know more why I can't talk about it right now, but you'll you'll see, <laughs> I guess, if you're at TAC. But if you guys are going to TAC, hit me up and you know if you want to BS or hang out a little bit, ask me a question, do anything like that, let me know. I'll be up there Saturday, all day Saturday, Saturday night. I'm going to come home Sunday. So I will be up there for the day uh, Saturday. So um, also let's get into a little partner read. So Vector Custom Arrows. Guys, I've got a code. It's fall 10. If you guys want to save some money on that, get go get yourself some arrows. I know the ZMRs, the second round of them sold out like super fast again. Um, I have a dozen of ZMRs and a dozen HMRs, and I'm toying with the ZMRs right now for TAC. If I do end up shooting TAC, I am going up there, but I don't know if I'm going to shoot just yet or not. But I am getting my verdicts around, my Matthews verdicts, and uh, setting my ZMRs up for that. So it's uh, fun diving into those. So go check those out at VectorCustomShop.com. Type in uh, Fall 10 at checkout and save you some money. Helix broadheads, same thing. Um, get get some broadheads coming so you can shoot them all year or all summer into the fall. You know, you want to get get those things in, get some confidence build up. Single bevel, you know, I shoot the 125s, but I have some hundreds. You're not gonna go wrong with any of those heads. So check those out at helixbroadheads.com. You will not be disappointed. And I do recommend getting the sharpener as well, because you can resharpen these broadheads. So last but certainly not least, Exodus Trail Cams. Right now, Exodus is running another sale. It is their seven-year anniversary sale. Uh, save 20% off the Exodus Render SP18 and the and Render SP18 bundle from May 20th to June 13th. Uh, use code YEAR7 while supplies last. So that's YEAR7 while supplies last. Um, I actually went out and just hung my first render at my family farm uh, the other day. And the reason why I did, it's a little early for me. I, I like to do it around July 4th, but um, I had to go up to the farm to just check out some other things. And I wanted to look at some of the scrapes that David Riley set up on the farm when we were out there doing the scout. And I wanted to check on them. I'm like, well, if I'm walking there, I might as well put a camera up. So I did that, you know, hoping to get some, some images soon. I've been getting a couple images coming through, but uh, to kind of, brief the scrape that I found. We built this back in, oh boy, March, I think it was. And I did a video on my YouTube channel. Uh, go to the YouTube channel, watch that. David explains how he builds uh, mock scrapes. And check out all the other content on my YouTube channel as well, the Fall Podcast uh, on the YouTube channel there. But anyway, I checked it out and there were some tracks in there, but we've got a ton of rain lately. Um, and all of it was kind of like glazed over. And, you know, the bucks aren't pawing at the ground right now. But I, I would just want to see tracks kind of thing. It was open. There were some tracks in it. But there was a lot of hair. So I think there's some deer using it as a bed. So we'll find out here coming up um, that render's working right now. And uh, we'll find out if something's using it as a bed or not. So we'll see. Also, I want to tease Velvet Fest. Hashtag Velvet Fest coming up. will launch in July. Uh, definitely want to get ready for that. Um, so all the hashtags you guys use, let's use Velvet Fest when that comes about. I have been seeing a couple bucks around my house, uh, just starting to grow. Nothing too extravagant yet, but um, 
I also want to talk about the Exodus Advantage, the five-year no BS warranty. This this is a good opportunity for you guys to be able to you know replace a camera if you have to or if you need to. I think they're the only camera company in the industry that has a five-year warranty. That's unheard of. Like it really is. Um, but these guys, they have great customer service, and this warranty program is awesome. Um, but yeah, that's what I want to say about Exodus. Also, don't forget, go check out their YouTube channel. They put out a lot of good content, and uh, they do have three podcasts that uh, are very successful, and I thoroughly enjoy listening to all those. So go check those out as well. With that being said, thank you guys for all the downloads, all the support and all the listens, please. I'm looking for more reviews and more five-star ratings. So if you guys could please do that, go to iTunes, hit five stars, and then write a little review would be greatly appreciated and uh, do it on Spotify as well. You can do that there. Here's this interview with Clint. I don't want to keep dragging this on. So here you go. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the fall podcast. Today, I've got a return guest and one of the most energetic guys that I've been around and love to talk to this human because he puts positive vibes out everywhere I go. And every time I listen to you or, you know, just talk to you or, or, you know, read something that you've wrote, dude, I just, I get a smile on my face and you just put positive vibes coming my way. And I greatly appreciate that. So Clint Casper, welcome back to the pod, dude, my man. Pleasure to be here. I'm, uh, I'm freaking stoked to uh unfold another episode with you it's hard to tell where it goes or where we're gonna go with it but that's what i love about it uh unscripted and and kind of just uh throw caution to the wind that's kind of how i like to to do my own podcast and it's always been fun to come on yours because that's pretty much exactly kind of how you let me roll with it and yeah i appreciate the hell out of that you know I, i i uh I get capped sometimes a little bit, and um, this is not one of the podcasts that I get capped at all. So, I, in plain words, I, I fucking really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. And before, so this will go live. So, I just did a, a podcast with you on your podcast, the CC Hunt Files. Yes. So, if if yep. nobody, if everybody listening to this doesn't know what the CC Hunt Files is, go check it out. If you go to Working Class Bow Hunter, it's going to be on their feed, right? That's where you send everybody. Yep. Okay, so go there, and if it's yep, not absolutely. live, if it's not live by the time this one goes live, it should be live like shortly. Yes, yes, actually. So today's the twentieth. So next Wednesday. So every Wednesday is when the uh, the CC Hunt File episodes go live. Um, so it'd be yeah, it'd be next Wednesday, whatever that is. It's like the twenty fifth. Okay, so that'll go live. Podcast world that'll go live a day after today when this goes live. So this will go live yes. on the 24th. Mine will go live on the 25th. So look at there. You can hear both of That's our voices awesome. two days in a row. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little happy that I go first just because I talk about uh, one buck and then uh, I don't have to follow up your <laughs> fucking banger episode where you talk about killing 27 bucks in 42 states with one arrow and, and, and 198 <laughs> yard shots and all kinds of crazy shit. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I get to go first, talk about my little eight that I killed and then we can move into no, the fucking no, no, real no. deal with your, with, with your episode and, and, and go with that. So no, no man, thanks again for, for coming on. Um, 
great episode. Super stoked to get it out. Um, I know people are going to absolutely freaking love it. It was a killer episode. Uh, man, I, I, yeah, I was just blown away by the stories, the, the pictures. It's, yeah, um, I'm super, super <laughs> excited. We got to lay that down and really, really stoked that, uh, we were able to get connected and, and, and hell yeah, man, I'm, I'm pumped to be on. It's, it's always fun to chat with you and come on. I think this is my second or third one with you. I don't have track, but yep. always, always my pleasure to be on and, and, and always love the following that you've got and, and everybody that's connected with you, man. It's, it's just a great bunch of great bunch of dudes. And it's fun to see kind of the collaboration between the fall and WCB and now the CC hunt files and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, I freaking love it. I, uh, I love what's going on with certain groups, you know, um, we've kind of got a tight circle, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, you guys, you yourself in the fall podcast is in that circle, man. I, I love being able to kind of collaborate with you guys and whatnot. So fuck yeah, man. I'm, I'm stoked about, uh, these back to back episodes for sure. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm in your corner and you're in my corner. Cause, uh, that's good company and, and it goes for the same for the WCB guys, all those guys, you know what I mean? Like they're good shit, good Absolutely. company, good people to be around. And, um, I guess I want to transition just to, just a little bit before we get into the meat and taters of this whole podcast, we're going to be talking about, you know, this is going to be going live next week as we're recording this, but it's, it's May. So mm-hmm. but we're going to be talking right. about the freaking Mondo that you laid down last late season in the snow. I want to talk about that. Um, so it's not really pertinent of what's going on right now, but the good thing about podcasts is this is going to live forever. So people can go back and listen to this whenever. So before we get into that, my first question to you is you got the CC hunt files. You've been doing that for a while now. It's been growing like crazy. Let me know, like, talk to me. How does it feel to be like a podcaster and be like a podcast host now? You know, man, it, it's it's freaking crazy because it's way different than being on a podcast. Oh yeah, you know, it, it's um, I'm super thankful, you know, that Kurt and Eric, you know, uh, kind of brainstorm and had this idea with me about two years ago, and we've been talking about it, and and they're like, man, you know, gosh, like people love when you come on, and 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 at first I'm just kind of like, man. I, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm a, I'm very positive, very confident person, but like in my mind, I'm like, I, yeah, I just don't really see there being like a market for people to listen to me fucking ramble for every week for an hour or hour. you know, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I don't know. Writing's kind of always been my gig and, and then the, you know, I do a lot of my own photos and, um, I'm on a lot of podcasts and I've really enjoyed that. So I've been content with that, you know, and mm-hmm. I've never really kind of looked at it the other spectrum. Um, and as time went on, you know, Kurt just slowly kind of started to work on me. He's like, dude, I'm telling you, like, I, it, we really need to do something like yep. you, you've, you've got, you know, you, he's like, I can see it like you'll be good at this and i'm like man i you know i I don't know like and i don't know it was probably like oh we launched november 1st it was probably last year like in the summertime right after the shoot um papa david passed away there in april and we were getting ready for that for the wyoming hunt kurt drew that tag and he called me one day and was just like, dude, he's like, you need to trust me. He's like, it, it's we're we're. he's like, I just, I'm just going to push you off the cliff. And, and he's like, I'm telling you, like, you're, you're gonna, 
He's like, you're just going to fucking do it. I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, you know me. Like, if I go into something, it's going to be, it's got to be full head of steam. And he's like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I need to know. Like, you either want to go give it a go or you don't. I'm like, nope. I'm like, let's, let's fucking do it. So the CC Hunt files were born. And, um, man, I'll be honest, you know, it's an opportunity that I'll forever be grateful and blessed that Kurt and Eric, um, and just everybody affiliated with WCB, you know, gave me an opportunity. Cause I mean, you know, the platform that they've created and what they've got going on for them to trust in me to basically take over and, and start a series and run with it and give me the reins to pick guests and pretty much just kind of do the damn thing. Um, for a guy that really, uh, you know, I mean, didn't know shit about being a host. Like I've been a guest on a million of them. Um, right. but yeah, big difference, you know, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I fucking love it. it. It's, it's great. Um, I love to talk to people and get to like interview and, and ask like, you know, I try to think of like the questions that don't get asked and just like in my mind, like, okay, what do I really want to know? And what would other people want to know? And then I try to do one solo one a month. Um, oh, fuck man, are those hard? I just did one they're, the other night. Tough. I recorded one. <laughs> You know, like you get 40 minutes to an hour solo. Um, gosh, man, it's freaking tough. And I've really, really, really tried to get good at those because I try to really get get into my mind and just let people into like my life and what I got going on, you know, and, and, and I, I really like that. Um, you know, Brian Barney probably does the best solo episodes that I've ever heard or will ever hear i mean i'm really really good friends with brian and i just those are my favorites i love the way he gets into his own head and just how he gets going man um you know i've I've really tried to not mimic his style but i guess as far as the solo stuff goes i've tried to kind of go down a similar road with i like that he's very open about if he's struggling with target panic or he's struggling with, with something or something is um, maybe his mileage isn't what it should be on, uh, on his runs or uh, lifting's not going good. You know, he talks about the failures and the successes and, and just really what's going on in life. And that's, you know, I mean, fuck, I was talking about my kids the other day and uh, struggles with farming and just different things. And, you know, I've really, really enjoyed that, but um yeah, man, just as a whole, like it's just been an opportunity of a lifetime and an opportunity that, you know, a million people would love to have. And I'm just super grateful and blessed. And I'm just going at it full throttle. And, you know, I tell people all the time, tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, what what's awesome, what's not like, you know, I I mean, I want to put out the best content that I can. And I want to put out authentic stuff. That's my own style. Um, And I want people to tell me, you know, what what they want to hear more of less of, Hey, here's, you know, you have this guy on, have this girl, you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm all about letting people um, that support me have a say in kind of where that series goes and what I do with it. And man, it's just, it's just been awesome to add that kind of to like the resume of like the hunting industry stuff that I do. I mean, I, it's, it's really honestly, the sky's the limit and it's just something I've been totally blessed with the opportunity. Like I said, for Kurt and Eric to give me that opportunity and believe in me enough to be able to like, Hey man, uh, yeah, we're going to fucking, we want you to have your own series and, and, you know, um, it's crazy. It's honestly, it's hard for me to believe there's enough people out there that want to listen to me. Um, 
geek out on fucking life and bow hunting every week, but I, right. you know what? Kurt and Eric say there are, so I guess there is, you know? It's, I mean, well, that's I'm the thing. just kind of going off what they say. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's hard for, I think, a lot of people, myself included, is like, yeah. you know, yep. it, it's like, why do people want to listen right. to me or know yeah. about what's going on in my life? And it's yep. that's the way you yep. and I think because we're probably, in a sense, like maybe a little introverted as far as like, you know, I don't, I mean, I post on social media, but I don't use social yep. media. I think how it's supposed to be used. Like, I mean, people post on that four times a day. I might post right. on it twice in two weeks. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, yep. it's hard for, I think guys like you and I to be like, you know, why would people want to listen to me when we're kind of thinking like, I really don't care what's going on in that guy's life. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I, I totally yep. get what you're saying. And once you can kind of get over that hump and, and what yep. helped me is like feedback. Like I ask for feedback yes. all the time. Yep. Like, dude, yep. I want me people too. to keep me on the straight and narrow. If you don't like it, freaking yep. tell me. But if you love Absolutely. it, also oh, yeah. tell me in the, but, but don't yep. just, don't just give me a ball tickle every week. Just give me something like, Hey, I want to hear from this guy or this gal, or I want to hear something about your bow setup or yep. something. Like, just give me something. Um, Absolutely. Because if you don't, then it's like just monotonous. I feel like every week, and I want to keep, like you said, I want to keep everything fresh and and keep the content coming yep. and good content. So I definitely get that. Absolutely. No man, that's that's you know, and and it's really helped out to be on. A lot of really good podcasts, obviously, you know, WCB and yours and, and Brian's over there, Eastman's Elevated and, and my good buddy, uh, Bo Martonic and East Meets West. And, you know, I mean, I've got to to learn from, you know, the best in the game as far as how they host, what they do, what they don't do, things that have worked, things that haven't. So, I mean, I've got a very good group of mentors and I mean, I've got, you know, um, I, I got one of the freaking podcast goats as far as you know kurt and eric as far as um guys to kind of lean on and 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 really kind of mentor me so i mean yeah man it's it's a fucking opportunity of a million lifetimes and i'm just super stoked that you know i've got the platform and got the opportunity and and it's just it's something that uh I could never express enough to people that support me and support that podcast. And like I said, WCB and Kurt and Eric and, and guys like you and the fall podcast um, and just the listeners for the opportunity and, and, and just blessed beyond belief to, to be doing what I'm doing. I mean, there's times where I sit back and I'm like, yeah, I got to record an episode today. I have an <laughs> yeah. episode with this guy on yeah. my fucking podcast. Like, huh, isn't, ain't, that well tickle my fucking fancy <laughs> on my podcast ain't that something like yeah. it, it is it's it's hard for me to like you know uh, it, it really is it, it's crazy sometimes i've got to like stop and really really think about it but no man it's been great um feedback's been awesome you know um ton of support just yeah i mean i can't fucking say enough you know it, it's just um it's taken off like a rocket and yeah, full steam ahead. I mean, um, everything I do, if I'm going to do it, it's, it's you know, 180 mile an hour and, and wide fucking open. And that's just kind of where this is going to be. And, um, you know, it, it's just I'm, I'm slowly kind of getting into my own groove and my own style. And, and that's kind of what I wanted. You know, I, I don't want to sound like anybody else or, or be like anybody else. I just kind of want to find my own niche. Um and 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 just go with it you yep. know and and i think that's what all you guys have done is is you've all taken things from others as far as what works what doesn't but you've all got your own niche and and i like that you know no one's um trying to copy 
you know, like, like none of the podcasts I've been on try to copy each other. None of them try to copy the format. None of them, you know, everybody knows what works and they share certain similarities, but it's all their own, sure. you know? Um, and, and, and I, I really like that and I really respect that. And, and, and that's kind of like where I'm at is I'm just kind of still coming into my own. Um, and it's a slow process, but you know, I'm not there yet in my mind, but it, it will get there. Um, I just keep chipping away every week, like everything else I do and, and, you know, progressively moving forward and trying to get better. And yeah, man, like I said, just, just freaking stoked to see where it's going to go. And, you know, when I have badass buck slayers like you on it, just, you know, it, it really helps boost. Dude, you, know, you got to stop giving me stuff, so much so. clout. You got to stop doing that because you're going to, you're fucking, well, you're I, teeing I, me up for fucking no kills, dude. I'm telling I you. I mean, <laughs> when you go out and kill 700 inches, when you go out and kill 700 <laughs> inches of antler in like five sits and seven states and one arrow. And oh, I mean, I, I don't know what you want me to say, you know, there I mean, when you're fucking good, you're good. You know, Tom. I was gonna, I'm, so, I'm gonna start talking to you, calling you Tom Brady. I just, yeah, yeah, oh, Tom. When you're get good, you're good. Out of here, jeez. Even though I do like Brady, <laughs> I do like Brady. He's a goat. Michigan I'm not boy. Lie. I absolutely, I fucking hate Tom Brady because I'm a huge Oakland Raiders fan. And okay. the, the Tuck Rule, Charles Woodson in the snow, AFC Championship. That's the biggest bullshit I've ever seen. I cried <laughs> on my mom and dad's living room floor. But, but. Um, if you give me fourth quarter with 10 seconds, um, I got two downs. I'm on the 30. We got a score. I'm fucking taking Tom Brady hands down. Oh, you got just to. bottom line. Well, I mean, when, just bottom line. You know, and I, I absolutely hate the Patriots. Have never liked the Patriots at all. And not like a Raiders fan, really. But when that happened, because Charles Woodson is probably, if not my oh. all-time favorite football player because yes. i'm a huge wolverine fan you know what i mean so yep. when that yep. happened wolverine on wolverine there it's like a little bit of you dies a little bit you know what i mean oh but, yeah oh yeah so yep. you're probably an ohio state yep. buckeye probably i'm gonna guess fuck the bucks i'm an oklahoma <laughs> sooner horns horns down really? baby horns down yeah good for you good for you B- boomer sooner baby all right i'll take fuck that the bucks i'll take yeah. that yeah i mean I don't really root against them like it is what it is. I mean, like, they always have a good football team, and I enjoy watching. I love Big Ten football, but, yeah, I mean, no, I'm I'm a – when Baker – when – when Baker beat them um, oh, and, and 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 planted planted the oh, yeah. U flag in the middle of it, that was it's still to this day one of the greatest moments <laughs> of my life because I'm I'm sitting in a room with all these Buckeye fans and it was just you know my dad's huge Buckeye fan my brother's huge Buckeye fan. I mean you know diehard fucking Buckeyes the Ohio State I'm just like oh god fucking gag me you know and. Uh, <laughs> It was just, yeah, man, like, I, I just, I mean, I don't know how many times I said fuck the Bucks in the next week. It was just, it was great. It, That's funny. That pretty much made my, that, like, made my fall. It was, yeah, I'll <laughs> never forget awesome. that. Watching him plant that flag, I was just like, no way is he going to do it. Holy shit, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, he did. Baker gives zero zero fucks <laughs> and that's why i've i've always loved that guy yeah. i just i'm i'm a i'm a baker fan man all heart all heart oh yeah yep for sure well let's let's transition a little bit into the to the meat of this bad boy and we're going to talk about an absolute slob that you killed when did you kill it in was it january january 26 dude i mean grind it out that's one thing about you and i've said it on the last podcast you and i did you know, you are the one guy that I like know that is just like 
from from day one of season, whatever season that is, and it's elk season usually for you or mule deer season. So it's early August, September to the end. I mean, you're from Ohio, so you guys go into like February every year. So like your season is long, dude, and you grind it out like you're a grinder. So I guess, honestly, I don't know anything about this deer because for good reason, Mm -hmm. I I knew we'd podcast about it eventually. and I just wanted to pick your brain on a podcast. So yeah. I guess let's start from point A. Like, I, I do want to get into, I might stop you and sometimes like cut you off and yep. just kind of get in some detail. Absolutely, man. But like, dude, the floor is yours. Let, let's kick it off from, from square one when you first found out about this deer. Yeah, so it would have been um, the summer of uh, 2020. Um, he would have been... He was a mainframe eight, um, had some junk on him, you know, probably a, a mid one fifties, just, you know, giant frame, um, might've hit one sixty gross with some of the junk and stuff. You know, I figured he was probably a five-year-old, um, slob of a deer actually is had this a really private? good friend. Is this on private? Yep. Okay. Yep. One of my, one of our, well, actually one of our home, one of one of my home farms that the family owns, um, butts up to a lot of really i would almost say it may as well be public it's not public but um very very heavily pressured surrounding neighboring farms um there's a private lake not too far so you know this farm's very hit or miss um you got to catch a deer early or late on this farm with the feed it's very hard once they get pressured because they pop over the hill a mile and they head to a private lake where there's absolutely no hunting and they know that um the mature bucks in the area they know once pressure hits they can go there this deer absolutely loved two south facers one on me and one on the neighbor that's where he spent the majority of his time i know he moved over to that private lake some when pressure really got to him but he had figured out how to beat pressure um that the fall of 2020 my friend should have killed that buck in a food plot of mine um long story short buck fever set in i was hunting another buck i was hunting the clyde buck i ended up killing him october 2nd um this deer should have been killed two days later on the fourth. So tell me this um, real quick, like you talk about pressure, like how much pressure are we talking? Like how many square, how many hunters are in those that um, little section? I would say within the couple hundred yards that surrounds the like like uh, on the other side of the fence row, there's three neighboring properties, and I would say there's ten to twelve pretty diehard bow hunters in that. That's about an eight hundred acre block between three different properties and there's probably at any given time 10 to 12 guys not counting me or a buddy and me on my side so i mean definitely you know these deer know they're being hunted now most of these guys are pretty well known bow hunters i mean they know what they're doing they're they're doing things the right way but still it's a lot of wind sure sifting through the woods a lot of scent or i should say sifting through the woods you know people going in and going out i mean this deer he knew what the hell was going on um i had it pinpointed that on um on a south wind and on a west wind this deer if he was going to move in daylight that's those are the winds that he loved to use on my property and i talk about this a lot 
just talked about it on a solo episode that'll be released in a week or two. But like when I set trail cams in the summer, I set them for a purpose. I've got three, three main things I'm looking for. Um, and it's not just, Hey, I want to get pictures of velvet bucks. I mean, we all love velvet buck pics. I mean, I get freaking Jack just thinking about big deer and velvet, but I, I really truly think you can figure out how to kill a deer in early season and late season. Um, in, in, in the summertime and mainly and a lot of people immediately are going to be like well what like tell us what the fuck you're talking about yeah you know there's food changes and there's this and that and yeah you're right absolutely what they're eating on in august is going to be different in october it's going to be different in january yes but from what i've found in, in just my own hunting mature bucks you always see them on certain parts of farms and you you don't see them on certain parts of farms um, you know, I've, I've killed deer that absolutely were never on a section of a farm, but on certain winds, they'd be on certain sections, but on, but outside of that wind, I'd never see them. And there's a correlation between certain winds work good for a big buck on that farm. Certain sections of that farm work really good for a big buck to move through safely and certain sections don't. The sections that don't, typically outside of the rut, I don't see big deer in those sections. And I've come to learn that every big deer realistically has a favorable wind that he wants to use in daylight. And he's got a favorable wind or two that he likes to move about a certain chunk of timber or a certain piece of farm. So in the summer, when I'm setting out cameras, I'm setting out cameras with the intent um, to get intel of right now where is he bedding number one where is he feeding number two and 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 there's no importance of order i'm just spouting out the three and then last but certainly not least what wind direction after gathering this information do i feel like he likes the best so uh, what wind makes this deer really want to be on this farm in daylight because from what I've found, and and this is why I, I'll run multiple cameras on farms in certain sections, because I want to see, okay, my speculation is on an east wind, this deer really likes to use this section of the farm. What the hell is he doing on the other sections on east winds? What's he doing on the other sections on south winds, on north winds? And what I'm trying to do is figure out what winds he does not like on that section of farm or that farm in general and what winds he does like. And there's always usually one or two winds that he really fucking likes and one or two winds that I never have pictures of or never have any daylight. So I'm ruling those out. Okay. So in the summertime, I'm not necessarily really worried about what he's feeding on because that's all going to change. Mm-hmm. But what I am keying in on is what wind does he like to move around on this farm in daylight? What is it? Because it, he might move two fields over and go from alfalfa to soybeans. Um, and that's fine. He switches food. He might switch where he beds. But if I know he loves an east wind, I can now start to pick apart where would a big buck want to bed utilizing this east wind. Okay. I've got pictures of him coming to this bean field right after dark on east winds. Now, where is he betting? Okay, I'm backtracking. You know, like so I'm 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 everything I'm doing is being pieced together off of knowing this buck 
loves an east wind. Now I got to figure out where's he feeding, where's he betting. But but by knowing what wind, preferably, he likes to move about this farm, or maybe it's two different winds, rarely is it ever three or four. It's usually like one is really strong, another one's sort of strong, and the other two hardly ever. And that's what I'm looking for. Okay. So, so come early. So so like come early season. If he quits hitting an alfalfa food plot because my alfalfa gets zapped on a 30 degree morning and it freezes and then my me and my dad start picking beans over to the north. So now that bean field's going to be hot. If I know this buck loves the west wind, I can start to put a game plan together of okay, on a west wind that he likes, he's going to be coming to this freshly picked bean field. That's where all mm-hmm. the deer are going to be. How do I now hunt him? So I've already condensed. Like, I don't need to try to figure out five steps to kill this buck. I I already know what Wendy likes. I can already pretty much pinpoint, you know, just off common knowledge, what food source is hot right now. So now, now all I've got to do is set some cameras up and start running some stands and get in there and slowly start to work my way. I like to work from the outside in and put together a plan to kill this buck within the next few days while he's hitting this hot food source. Now, if I don't kill him on that food source and that that feed goes cold, let's say egg start, leg corn start dropping or uh, scrape lines down in the timber get really hot, we're getting closer to the end of November or the end of October, early November. Um, I know these funnels are gonna get hot, okay. Now, I'm looking at funnels that are incorporating that west wind that he likes or that east wind that he likes okay where are those spots at so i'm constantly using what i'm finding this buck doing all summer long i'm, I'm always using that because i know from watching him and getting photos and stuff this buck likes to use this farm on these certain winds and that's how i kill deer early and late based off the wind this is why i hate november because november throws my entire algorithm my entire fucking map study of everything out the window i'd rather go chase mule deer around in utah idaho or montana or somewhere and i kill most of my you know it was funny me and um ross and austin were talking about this at one of the trade shows i've got 19 or 20 bucks mounted now that are p and y are better with my bow and i think out of those 19 or 20 there's only five that i've killed in the month of november every every everything else is early september early october or it's late december january end of january it's it's in those time frames is where like 78 percent of those bucks have been killed you know and 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 it's it's funny you say that because maybe your farms lend like a better early and late farm you know with the food or the funnels or you know just the accessibility because like when i think about my farms here in michigan in particular our Mm -hmm. farms late are terrible like my farms late are brutal um yep. so like late season for me is a really a crapshoot. It's early yep. and then and then like leading into the rut is what really yep. my farms ramp yep. up to. So kind of going back though, like your summer scouting is like one hundred percent one hundred percent like based on wind base and what this buck likes as a wind then, right? Yeah, pretty much every year I'm hunting a specific buck and, and I'm using the months of June, July, August, September to document and and strategically figure out on you know 
if he's using two farms or he's using a farm, I'm running multiple cell cams, multiple cameras, and I'm solely trying to figure out what wind does this buck like? What winds does he not like? What areas of the farm does he use this wind to travel through? And what areas is he never in? Um, in my opinion, patterns kill big deer and big deer live and die by their nose. So if I can figure out what his nose is making him do from day to day, um, or even every other day, you know, giving myself a, a solid 50, 50 or better opportunity to bump into him. That's what I'm putting all my eggs in my basket on. I mean, I'm a, gotcha. I'm a, I'm a calculated killer as far as I, you know, when, it, when it's time to take a risk, I, I'm not afraid to get aggressive and take a risk, but I'm very calculated in, I've always got a game plan for a specific buck and it's very strategic on what I'm doing. It's never just a random, um, just fucking hail Mary, throw it up in the air and hope something happens. It, it, that's just, it's, it's just never worked out well for me and 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 i personally i love to play the one buck um the one buck game like this year it was it was the giant eight or nothing um i let some 150 160 deer walk that kurt and all the guys i was sending them photos in the rut and they were just they were losing their fucking minds they're like what are you doing and but for me it you know it's not about just punching a tag like i'm I'm past that point. Like I've climbed the bow hunting ladder where it used to be just any buck. Then it was, well, I want to shoot an eight pointer bigger. Then it was, well, I want a 120 or bigger. Then I want to pope and you know, you know, so like I've climbed the ladder to where sure. now I'm hunting specific bucks and I've been doing that for about 10 years with that game comes unfilled tags with that game comes broken dreams, uh, crushed souls, lonely nights, um, missed parties. Um, I'm not at weddings. Uh, I'm going to be late to your kid's birthday party. You know, I mean, there's a sacrifice that comes with doing what I do and I know that, and I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm okay with eating a tag. I'm okay with going down swinging. You know, that's just, that's part of the game that I play. Um, but no one holds a gun to my head. I choose that game. That's the right. stage where I'm at. That's what I love to do that, you know, the the spot and stock game out west has completely stolen my heart from from whitetails but the one thing that will never leave me with whitetails and what i love about them is it's the chess match of trying to walk into his bedroom or his kitchen and him not know i'm there and fucking run an arrow through him and that's what i love about it so that that me versus a big buck not any big buck just i'm i'm looking for the buck not just a buck I I just I really love that. That's what gets me going because yep. it's it is it's 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 master versus master, you For know. Sure. And I just um, it's you know you, you got fucking Michael Jordan versus Kobe, and and I just I you know I want to match wits with the biggest oldest buck around and 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 see you know see what I can do. And I mean yep. more times than not. I get my ass kicked, but I'm looking for that one night where I get an opportunity. And this year it was on day number 76, 176 days in Ohio. And on day 76, um, my opportunity was presented, you know? So, and it's just, that's, you know, 75 days up to that he had won, you know, but I was just looking for that one day. Um, and yeah. that's, it sounds crazy, but like that, yeah, it's just kind of how it's kind of how I play it. But, but yeah, he, uh, I figured out those wins. Um, I killed the buck I was after in 2020. So then we fast forward into 2021. He blows up even bigger. He's So you're um, watching this deer all summer. Is he living on you? 
Yeah, uh, bouncing back and forth between me and the neighbor. Um, I had a real good idea. Once again, he's using that east wind, west wind. Um, you he's know, using east and west. Yep. So, so or sorry, sorry, sorry. South, uh, south and west. Um, okay. He uh, he was very, very particular about daylight. Very, very particular about how he moved around in daylight. Very tight pattern. At this point now, I'm guessing him. You know, he's probably a six and a half year old this year. Um, so he's seen it all. He's been through it all. Um, you know, I really wanted to kill him early. I, I thought I had a really good game plan. Um, he had a couple active scrapes, um, close to a secluded food plot. Um, I thought I could catch him in there transitioning kind of from those scrapes to that food plot and getting killed in that first week. That was my plan. So let's talk um, about summer real quick. I'm going to stop you coming yep, into like yep. the 21 season. Were you watching him yep. in the beans all summer? Did we get a lot of pictures oh, yeah, of him? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Was yep, he, he was still yeah, I mean, on the wind was, pattern. Yep. He was, he was the target buck. Um, I knew he was going to be pushing that magical 165, 170 inches as just a big mainframe eight. Um, that's a dream buck for me. I've, I've killed some good eights, but I've never killed what I consider like a mega giant eight. Um, it was going to be him or nothing. And I thought, like I said, you know, I had a really busy fall. Um, I had a Utah mule deer tag. I had Wyoming, uh, Kurt had that mule deer tag. I had two elk tags. Um, so, or, or sorry, I had a, a Colorado mule deer tag and then I had an elk tag. So, you know, super busy fall. Um, really wanted to get him killed early. You know, had a lot of hunts coming in October and November, you know, elk hunts and mule deer, different things. Um, so I was really hoping to settle the score with him early and it just didn't pan out. Um, had one encounter with him, saw him um, right at last light. That would have been on like October 1st, I do believe. Okay. Um, and then from that point on, it, it, pretty nocturnal, um, still using those same two winds, but just 20, 30 minutes after dark. Um, I felt like he got very educated very quick. I know a lot of neighbors were hunting him pretty hard. So my plan then was I'm like, all right, well, I've got 13 days in November before I was going to leave on the 14th and go out with my good buddy, Devin Leonard and go chase muleys around. Like I love to do during the rut. So I thought, well, you know, from November 1st to the 13th, um, I was going to be off work pretty much the whole month of November. I was like, well, fuck, I'm just going to roll the dice and just hunt dark to dark every single day. Um, couple funnels, couple ridge lines, and some saddles and, and just, just areas that, that east and west wind was was uh, prevalent, or the south and west wind was prevalent, and um, some you know downwind side of some good doe bedding areas, and and just you know really try to roll the dice and hope to get lucky in the rut, and he come walking through. Well, my birthday was on the sixth. Um, started I started hunting all day on October thirtieth. November sixth is my birthday. The next morning, November seventh, which. I've killed a Booner and a 160 on November 7th. So November 7th has been well. a solid. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's been a solid day for me. Um, fuck. He, I, it's, it's like just cracking daylight and super, super um, frosty that morning. I'm getting nestled in. I had just texted Doug. Um, he was on like an eight day stint where he was going to hunt dark till dark. Yeah. He was grinding been, it out. <laughs> 
Yep, yep. I had a, I was on like day, well, that was November 7th. So I was on day eight or day nine because like the 30th or 31st was my first all day. So I was on like day eight or nine of all days. So let me ask you this. Like leading up to this time, you had, you, mm-hmm. you know, you saw him October 1st last light. Like, do you have any idea where this deer's at? Have you had pictures of him? Have you seen him? Like, what's the, yeah. what's oh, the, yeah. still getting us a lot of nighttime photos. A few photos in some spots that I, I, I couldn't hunt, but I run cell cams in. Just way too dicey to get in there. Um, too close to bedding. No way to get in and not blow him out. But, oh, yeah, I mean, he's still around. I'm just very nervous in November what he's going to do. Sure. Um, so super frosty. Thermals I'm a little worried about. Um, Are but you a big hill country where you're at? Um, rolling hills is where i'm at farm farm country rolling hills i'm i'm in a creek bottom um i've got a fence crossing in front of me uh, i got some crp and and some um i've got like two ridge lines uh one to my north one to my south kind of down in a creek bottom uh just a really classic rut setup got a saddle up above me um you know just a couple different funnels are dumping down into this creek bottom and a little bit worried about my thermals because it was they were pulling so hard down that creek you know but i'm just like man you can't have it all you know i mean it's about as good as it's going to get the directionals we're going to get better throughout the day so i'm like you know what we're going to roll the dice and and i felt really confident about being in there um I, i've killed a good buck out of that tree in similar conditions so i'm like you know what let's just see what happens man i hear that unmistakable you know up on the ridge and I'm oh like, yeah fuck well, then all of a sudden, man, like sometimes you just hear a grunt and you're just like, fuck, that's him. And you just don't know deep, it's him. You know it's, it's mature. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like, you know, like I want to think it's him, but I don't know it's him. Like I don't fucking talk to this buck. Like I don't – I mean I don't know. Like, <laughs> yep, I know oh, exactly yep, what you're saying. Like, oh, there's Fred. I can hear him. That's his voice. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't know. But like, he, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really listening. And I just got done texting Doug, like, Oh man, it's cracking daylight, beautiful morning. Like he was, you know, he's an hour behind me. So he was still driving, getting ready to walk in. I'm like, Hey man, I'm up. I'm in good luck. You know, I'll let you know how things go. We'll talk later. And, uh, just put my phone away, you know, and I hear that crunch, crunch, crunch. And all of a sudden it stops and I just hear, and I'm like, Oh fuck. Like just a <laughs> fucking dinosaur, you know, just a dinosaur up there. And then, uh, I'm like, oh shit, you know, it's up on the ridge, like hundred yards and a few more steps. And then I'm like, oh, I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, all right, well, like I'm, I'm not a call guy at all. I use no calls, no sense, you know, like that's just not my game. Really? Um, No, none, never zero. I've never killed a buck over either. Um, That's, like I want to be absolutely not seen, not heard, not detected, not smelled. Like you walk by and I just fucking kill you. Like I, I don't even take calls <laughs> with me. I don't no take sense with That's me. That's hard for no, me to do. No, none. Like it's. I think in the bottom of my pack, I've got an old True Talker, um, Hunter Specialties call in there. Um, I think. Um, but like rattle bag, you know, if I need to snort wheeze, I'll just use my mouth, you know what I mean? Um, but that's like, so last, last ditch effort. It's not even funny, but so he's up there and he's fucking fired up. Now he's rubbing this tree and he's just, I can't tell what bucket is. I'm, I'm fricking burning holes through my loopholes trying to like figure out, I'm trying to see an antler and I can't. 
but giant body and he's up there just ripping the shit out of this red oak just waving and he's up there trashing this tree i mean just grunting and carrying on and i'm like oh he is fucking fired up you know so gets done rubbing this tree you know and it's cracking good light now and he starts working he's he's up above me to my north working right to left so he's working like kind of right in line with me about 80 85 yards and he's up there and uh all of a sudden he pops out into this little opening in the timber and i'm like oh fuck as soon as i see the frame i'm like oh fuck that's <laughs> him like you know there he is um well, he starts kind of going away from me but every few steps he stops you know and he's and i'm like god dang he's is he with a dog well, no by himself and really? um yeah, because I was really confused because it sounded like he was like doing some tending grunts at one point. But That's I think it, it was like him walking. And as he was walking, he was just, bruh, bruh, bruh. you know, he was almost like so fired up. He was like walking and grunting at the same time. So it okay. sounded almost like he was doing like a tending grunt. Well, it hit me. I'm like, damn, he is so fired up. Maybe I should snort wheeze at him and just see what happens. And like I said, I'm not a call guy at all, but in this scenario, he's gonna go away from me. He's fucking fired up and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, all right. So I'm like, loud as I can do it. I'm like, and dude, he fucking spins around and stomps and blows right back. But I'm like, ooh. Oh, he is so hot. So right away, Oh, so right away, I wait a second, and I'm like, Bruh. and I mean, I'm fucking giving it all I got, right? Dude, he cuts me off like a fucking turkey cutting off a Yelp, <sighs> and stomps, and and fucking hits me again, and I'm like, oh, and dude, here he comes. He flips his tail straight up in the air dude and waves it a couple times like a fucking beagle on a track and dude he's coming right down the fence i'm like holy fuck here we go grab my bow i get my freaking handle because I, I shoot a uh, back tension i shoot a handle i get i get clipped on you know and i'm got i got a little pressure on my string and i'm like okay so he's going to come down to this creek, right? And it's 17 yards. And when he, if he crosses the creek and gets on my side, he's going to be at like 12 yards. And I'm like, holy shit, he's coming. I mean, the whole way down there, every now and again, he'd stop. And as he'd stop, I mean, like you can just tell he's like, motherfucker, I'm coming down here and I am going to whoop whatever Buck's ass is down here. He is puffed out. And I'm just like, holy shit, like this is going to happen, right? Gets down to the creek, takes a drink. I'm at full draw already. Takes I'm like, a drink, dude. He's <laughs> taking a drink. He takes a drink at the creek. Like I honestly think he was so fired up. He's like, God dang, I got to give a little drink. I I wish he wouldn't have done that. So he takes this drink, right? And I'm a little worried because my thermals are pulling down. He starts to cross the creek. He's at like 13 yards. I need him to take another step, and I've got a six inch window behind that shoulder. And I'm fucking sending it. I mean, I've got, I am rocked, cocked, and I'm, dude, the limbs are bent like you're dying. Like you are not leaving this bottom. It's over. Dude, he stops and just locks up and puts his head up in the air and starts lip curling. I'm like, oh, gotcha. fuck. No, 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 no. And he starts testing. He's licking, licking his, lips, his nose. Licking, oh, and yeah. I can, I can hear him down there. 
I can hear him down there and he's testing dude and he's he's fucking blowing he's blowing air out and licking his lips and he's he's keeping that nose super 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 Mm. moist and he's down at and I'm like oh fuck he's got me so now I'm like okay plan B where's the exit where's he gonna go he's gonna bust you right. where's he going so you're now, looking around him just trying to figure out I'm where he's gonna starting. move I'm a, yep I'm already looking so I let down I'm on the range finder now I'm looking at holes okay that's 45 that stumps 58 uh, I got an opening at like 65 if he'd go up there I got one at 30 dude all of a sudden as I'm clicking these ranges I hear him start to walk I look down he turns around to walk away from me and he starts in fucking blowing that buck walks directly away from me. I've never had a mature deer do this in my life. He walks away from me, walks, and blows every three steps. If that deer did not blow at me a hundred times in the next 150 yards of me watching him walk out of my life, just call me a liar and cancel the CC hunt files. <laughs> I've never had a deer blow at me that much. Every three steps. He fucking blows. I am devastated. He's basically saying, got you, fucker. Got you, fucker. Oh, I'm on on the verge of fucking jumping out. So (laughs) that was November 7th. I hunt till the 13th. The 14th, I leave. Not another sighting. Not another fucking picture. Gone. Oh, God. Gone. The day I leave, I'm on a plane getting ready to land in salt lake city it's 12 o'clock back home my fucking phone pings he is in the food plot right above that stand hitting a fucking scrape i'm like at noon i'm like okay well he's still alive he's back i get back home so is anybody gonna be hunting the farm while you're gone no nobody nobody bow hunts in my family but me okay so do you think this deer obviously he had you picked but he i mean it's a rut or i mean you, they got a little bit well, of leniency with him do you think he rutted somewhere else well come to find out after i killed him because like 10 neighbors sent me photos that deer was as far as six miles to my south or to my uh east uh five miles north four miles south that fucking buck was all over in november so no wonder why there was no distinct pattern like he literally went he was an 18 year old with a fake id during bar season like like halloween fall football time you don't fucking have a clue where that kid's gonna be nope nope Uh, you painted a good picture there that's good yeah so that's that's like how this buck was he was 18 with a fake id and it was fall season prime time to go out looking for tail young dumb and full of you know what oh yeah and and this to make matters worse, this deer was six and a half, super fucking smart, and wasn't afraid to travel. So it was just a totally, it was a shit show, right? So I get back, and I'm hunting him. Um, I get back, and after about a week of me being back, so I get back around like the 20th of November, 23rd, somewhere in there. Um, he just disappears. Nothing. No photos. So you only no got sightings. that one photo on the thirteenth, and he's gone. One photo on the thirteenth, and I got nothing. I mean, I've got tw- like ten or twelve cameras running. My buddy's got some cameras running. The neighbors aren't seeing him. Like no one knows where this buck goes. Right. I get into December, and I'm like, okay, 
you're going to have to fucking figure something out here. Like you're either going to keep hunting a ghost or you're going to have to go to plan B. What, what's plan B? I get, well, p- plan B was a buck. My, my next buck was a buck that I had already let walk twice. And it's just because not because he wasn't a good deer. He's a five and a half, six and a half year old, 165 inch mainframe nine point. But he just, he, he was my plan B buck. Like I'm, you know, as long as that giant eight was alive, right. I'm going to hunt him. What well, this point I'm thinking he's dead gun season rolls around and supposedly the neighbor to my East shoots a giant eight and he can't find it. And he's killed some big deer. So my heart's fucking sunk. I'm oh, like, boy. he hit this buck and this buck crawled into a hole and died in, in a swamp down there. And that's it. So for the next two weeks, the end of December going into January, I'm just fucking lost. Like I'm hunting my plan B and C bucks I'm seeing them here and there. I'm getting photos, but I'll be honest with you. Like it really took the wind out of my sails. Like I just, they were great bucks and they were mature bucks, but I just had a vendetta with this fucking deer. And I just, you know, it was just, you know, cold and snow set in there towards like the end of the first week of January. And, uh, we had an alfalfa field, um, back on the main farm because I'd been bouncing around, you know, different farms and just trying to like, you know, get on an, another really good buck. And, um, my dad comes in one night and calls me and he's like, Hey, he's like, I saw a freaking giant right across from the house tonight. Um, he's like, where we opened up that field, we ran over the first two rows of corn. And at this point there's like a foot and a half of snow and it's been in the twenties and teens cold as shit. You know, it's in January. He's like, he was rooting down through with, and, and finding those ears that were run over. I'm like, well, how big he's, and he's like, man, he's like, he's fucking big, you know? And he's like, I never put his head up, but he's like, Clint, I'm telling you, he's like, it, it it might've been your big buck. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, you would have known. Does your dad know big deer? You know? Oh yeah. I mean, he's killed some good bucks and I mean, he's been with me damn near on every, you know, he's helped me recover and take photos and drag out basically every fucking buck I've ever killed, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, he knows, he he knows, he knows what they are. Yep. Yeah. And him being a farmer his whole life. I mean, my dad's been around and seen a lot of big deer get killed and he's gun hunted his whole life and he's killed a couple slobs. So yeah, he's no, you know, he's had to listen to me talk and fucking (laughs) be infatuated with deer my whole life. So yeah, you know, he knows what a big buck and he's seen pictures that he's seen a million photos of this buck and he and he's actually seen this buck in person before well so the 24th of january um i get done hunting and i go up to the farm and i was gonna go in the milk house and drink a beer with my dad he's he's always got a heater he's kind of got like his office in there and yeah he calls he calls me he's like hey make sure you stop up tonight i'm like well i was planning on it He's like, we got a new game plan. And that's all he says. I'm like, what? Oh, God. So he's like, hey. He's like, last night, Scarlet, our, our big Great Pyrenees fucking female dog that we got here at the farm, he's like, last night, he's like, about 2 in the morning, she wakes me up. He's like, and she's just going fucking bonkers. And he's like, right over on the other side of the cattle pen, he's like, your giant eight is standing there with three other bucks. Rooting, what rooting up this corn and i'm like what he's like clint i'm telling you right now it's him and i'm like 
where'd he come from? He's like, he's coming from back behind, which is where I, I, which is where I've hunted him all fall, which is where my friend should have killed him back in 2020. He's like, he's, he's coming from, they're all coming from that direction and they're coming up across this alfalfa field that we have. They're eating in that alfalfa and they're coming over to this corn and they're trying to find these stalks that we run over whenever we opened up the field to get it opened up to shell it. Yeah. Cause we have to, we have to run over the, the, the rows that are planted really, really close to our fence, our high tensile fence. We, we run them over because we don't want to, you know, get, it's not worth getting that tight to the damn fence and end up putting right. your freaking head into the fence. And yep. you know, if you slide into it a little bit muddy, et cetera. Okay. So I said, all right. I said, well, he's like, I'm telling you, you need to go up there and out that alfalfa field and put a camera. And he's like, I'm, I'm fucking telling you. I said, all right. So, the next day on the 25th, I go up there. Is there tracks everywhere? Go, trails everywhere? Tracks, fucking tracks everywhere. I go in the center of it. I put a T post. I put a spy point. And I'm like, okay, I need a buck to come right here. So I, I'm, I grab a bag of big time platinum and I'm like, even if he just comes up and smells this, I don't even need him to fucking eat it. Just come up and smell it so I can get a picture. You just want to know it's I him. Need. I just, I just need confirmation. It's him. Yep. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I do this at 2 o'clock. At 6.57, I'll be son of a bitch. My phone pings, and it's fucking him. So this is probably after he, dark, right? Because the time changed this already? Is, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, this is after dark. But... It's going to go from 30 on, on the, so that was the 25th. So the next day is the 26th, 25 degree temperature drop highs in the teens, lows in the negatives, another foot of snow coming that night. I'm like, if there was ever a day for this buck to work up across that alfalfa early, he's going to bet on the North. He's going to bet on the South facer. The wind's going to be out of the West, which is the wind he likes. He's going to come up along a tree line, follow the alfalfa, probably feed in the alfalfa stage up there. And then once it's dark, get into that freaking stand, uh, the, the corn 
I'm like, if I can go in there and, and do a hang and hunt and get tight in against this fence row and catch him coming from this south-facing slope where he's bedding, using the west wind to work up towards the alfalfa, if I can catch him in the middle there, I can fucking kill this buck. And I'm like, if there was ever a night for him to move early, it's going to be tomorrow. Because the pressure coming through the pressure system and all that. And the oh, weather. yeah. It, the, the, the snow's coming. We're going to have, instead of a foot, we're going to have two foot. We're going from 30-some degrees down to the single digits. I mean, the, the fucking stage is set, right? So did you know, like, did you have it pretty uh, pinpointed where the trail was coming out of the timber into the alfalfa? Well, the problem was is they were coming off this south facer and then there was a million tracks and trails coming across this CRP field and then that dumps into the alfalfa. So basically, my plan was to get tucked into this fence row to where they could not see me coming in, hang and hunt, and just see what happens. I mean, it was going to put me in the area of where he should be. Did I have an exact trail and exact? No. I mean, this was just going to put me basically in a funnel to hopefully put this deer within 70 or 80 yards of me. And then from there, we're just going to see what happens. Observation set, see what happens, move in the next night well, if you have to. I was really hoping to kill him that night. But if I told you I knew for sure he would walk and do what he did, I'd be lying because I didn't. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a million tracks, a million trails. They're just spread all out throughout the CRP. I'm on the edge of it. Maybe he walks the line and walks right by me, which is what he ends up doing. Maybe he walks across the center of the CRP. I don't really know, but this is going to give me a good shot. Yep. So I take my Novik stand. I got four sticks. My phone's saying it's 13 degrees out. I start off at two o'clock with a full phone charge. I get fucking dressed. I get my stand set up on my back and here i go and i remember walking up across heading on this little this journey and and my dad's like you know i know that deer's big but he's like clan he's like you know like this is fucking crazy i mean like there's a you know there's all these weather alerts don't be outside don't breathe in the air you know frostbite warning and he's (laughs) like i just don't know you know and i'm like dad i'm like this really shouldn't surprise you. He's like, well, yeah, you're right. He's like, I mean, you're kind of a fucking idiot when it comes to deer. So he's like, I mean, it just, it just is. I mean, like, this is no surprise. You know, like my dad's just accepted, like it is what it is. Like, this is how I am. So, um, I remember walking out across there and I'm just like, man, this is going to be brutal to hang and hunt, but I've got no choice. You know I mean? Like I've, I've got to go in, I got to put my sticks up, take my stand up and, so I leave it two by three fifteen. I'm in, I'm set, I'm trimmed, I'm ready to go. Like I've made my walk. Took me about 15, 20 minutes to hang the set. Um I'm ready to go. You know? How did you I'm, like, I'm right. gonna I'm gonna back you up a bit. How did how did you go in knowing you're gonna sweat your bag off and then it's gonna be freezing the rest of the night? How did you layer for well, that night? One good thing about me is it takes a lot for me to sweat. If I sweat, I am really, really, really doing something. Um, so I ran um, merino boxers, merino base layer bottoms um, from black ovus, black ovus bottoms, tops. And then I had, um, let's see, Fanatic bibs, Sitka Stratus jacket, Fanatic vest, fanatic beanie um that i did not wear in until 
I was up in my tree because it's super hot. Had my neck gaiter that I didn't put on and had my gloves. And I was running my Arctic Pro 2000 muck boots with uh, boot muffs over them once I got in the tree. Mm -hmm. So I basically didn't wear my vest, didn't wear my beanie, you know, tried to stay as light as I could, got to my tree, got set, climbed back down, put all my stuff on, climbed back up, and honestly felt pretty good. Yep. Um, got my okay. boot muffs on, you know. I run fingerless, like half fingerless gloves from Black Ovis because I absolutely fucking hate gloves. So I got I'm hand warmers way, in my dude. Yep. I got hand warmers in my fanatic pocket. So I'm set. What sucks is I'm facing west. The fucking wind is just blasting me all night. Um, I'm up in this little oak. I got beech nut trees and little oaks all around me. I'm in this fence row. And I'm like, well, here we go, you know? So 3.30 goes to 4, goes to 4.30. About 4.45, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, I mean, it is so cold. I mean, it's my phone's reading like not negative 9 at this point. My battery is now down to like 30%. Literally from 2 o'clock to 4.30, it's so cold, my battery's drained basically 70%. Um, <laughs> in, it, in my pocket with the hand warmer. So, um, so I hear around 4.50, I hear this crack. It sounds like rattling antlers and i'm like there's no fucking way one of my neighbors is hunting and trying to rattle a bucket like there's oh, just god well then i hear it again boom and i'm like what the fuck so i stand up i lean out around the tree in front of me i look down towards the head of this south facing slope that i think they're going to be bedded on and here's my fucking buck standing there facing off with this like 130 inch nine point and he freaking takes off and goes to lock up with this nine point again what i heard was my buck locking up with this other buck the nine point spins around and takes off and i'm like holy shit well my buck the giant eight he was never with a lot of other deer i think he was a loner I don't think he liked being around other deer. And I think that other buck was feeding too close to him and he didn't fucking like that. So he was letting him know like, Hey man, keep your fucking distance. Right. Yep. That's what I heard. Well, the deer start pouring up out of this fucking, this South facer. They start pouring up out of this little bottom coming off the South facing slope where I knew they'd be bedded. So there's uh, let's see, memory serves me correct. There's like, there's nine bucks in a doe and i'm like oh god i really didn't want that many deer to come up out of there well here they come and they're all heading towards this fence line that i'm in well once they get to a certain point i lose them so they're at the end of the crp they're working towards the alfalfa but i can't tell if they're going to work out towards the center and pop out in the center of the alfalfa or they're going to work the tree line i don't know 15, where's he at in order go. like is there a whole bunch of does coming first no, there's there's only one doe and eight or nine bucks. Okay, I think it was nine bucks and and one doe. Gotcha. So like, so, where's he at in order? Is he like near so the end? So he he no no he was towards he was he was kind of like in the middle. So twenty minutes go by and I don't see anything and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I happen to look to my right, right down the tree line, and at forty yards and closing, he's in the lead and he is literally, I mean, coming right at my tree. 
I'll never forget seeing, I'll never forget seeing 169 inches of nothing but mainframe eight bobbing along in the snow, head down, just coming right at me. And every deer is behind him, single file line in the does in the back. And I'm like, holy fuck. I mean, literally it doesn't happen like that ever. seems like. So no. So they come to my tree and basically my tree is the pivot point where they make the turn. This buck is so close to me at one point, I'm looking down through my Novix platform and I can see half his, I can see the right side of his rack. Oh my gosh. They're under me. What's your wind doing? Thank, the wind is coming out of the west. So the, they are so close to me that the wind is blowing my scent over them. Okay. I'm freaking out because realistically, they're on my downwind side. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God. But but they're so close, my wind is drifting over them. Right. So he goes around me and goes out in the alfalfa. The next couple bucks do the same thing. At the very end, there's this little spike in the dough. The spike decides to cut right in front of me. He literally rubs the tree. He rubs. If my bottom section would have been on the other side of the tree, he would have brushed his back <laughs> along my first stick. He's fucking around with this old barbed wire fence. He won't jump it. He won't cross it. He's like scared. I'm like, just go through the open gap that fucking every other deer has done. But he's like screwing around. The doe is eating bark off the little beech wood that's right in front of me. She's at three yards looking right up at me. And I'm just like, oh, I, my, my anxiety and panic attack at this point is is fucking ready to go nuts right so what's the big boy doing by now oh he's at he's, him and every other buck's at 30 yards feeding in the alfalfa in broad daylight it's 510 and you, you don't have a shot right now then oh i i can't i've got this little buck and doe right below me literally oh, gotcha. fucking, okay literally eating eating bark off my trees finally they go out finally the doe gets out there the little buck this is very important the little buck gets ahead of me he gets out in front of my stand so like if, if you're sitting in my seat and you were to look right over the platform he's right below me i kind of forget about him and this was this this was almost a very bad mistake i'm so focused about the doe and everybody else i kind of forget about this stupid little buck right and he's this this little spike fucking around well that big buck would not let any other deer get close to him the second another buck or the doe would get close he'd run him off well, the second that that would happen, all the attention was then on that buck. So I'm waiting on him to do that. And then I'm going to come to full draw. He's at like 27 yards right now. Well, mm -hmm. the doe gets really close. The doe gets really close. And he literally spins and jabs her. He he knocks her down into the snow, like hits her so hard. Yep. So immediately I'm like, fuck, here's my chance. I come back to full draw. And I lost track of this fucking little spike. And all the deer, he's just, this, all the deer just immediately turned to me. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck? God. I'm at full draw. My pin's still eight feet above him because I'm trying to come down on him. I look down below me and the little buck is just standing there like looking right up at me like, hey, friend. Like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Didn't what? see you That's there, weird. friend. You don't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see you there, friend. Like, you don't look like a, a, a tree friend. What are you doing? You were moving. What What are you? everybody's getting nervous. A couple of the bucks start to sort of trot away. 
the dough's stomping. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is it. I'm like, this is over. So now I'm like, all right, okay, okay. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm like, can't let down. Stand still. Like, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? Everybody's starting to get nervous. The big buck's looking around. He's twitching his ears. Everybody's got their tails up. I'm like, fuck. Well, thankfully, the little buck's still just standing there like, hey, friend, what are you doing? Like, hey, you want to be my buddy? No one likes me. And I'm just like, fucking squirrel call. I'm I'm in I'm in an oak and I'm in all these beech trees and I've done this before in early season when deer have gotten super like freaked out about something and I'm in a bunch of oaks. I'll hit them with a squirrel call and sometimes it has worked in my favor to where it's almost like they're like, oh well, what I heard or what I thought I might have saw must have just been a squirrel moving around. I mean it's fucking crazy, but I got I like I, what, what do I have to lose at this point? Like they're going away from me. They're all fucking nervous. So I'm like, and I'm like, everybody stops. That's impressive that you can do that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Everyone stops and looks the little buck takes a step towards my tree. He's looking the doe's moving her head around, you know? And I'm like, okay. Everyone's at like 60 yards now, except for the little buck. They start to slowly kind of take a step and start to move away from me again. And I'm like, <laughs> and dude, they all spin their heads back. And it's like, God was like, I'm going to give you a gift. I'll be damned. One of the bucks puts his fucking head down and starts feeding in the alfalfa. No next way. thing I know, next thing I know, three bucks got their heads down. And then the doe decides she's gonna start eating again. And then the big buck decides he's gonna spin around and start working back towards me. And I'm like, the little buck now has decided that whatever he saw was a squirrel. He heads straight out away from me in the alfalfa. I'm like, there is no fucking way. At this point, I've got to let down. Like, I the, my, I mean, I, I've been at full draw for two minutes. Like, my fucking shoulder's shot. I let down. I don't realize it at the time, but my fingers are so frostbit holding on to this brass release. I let down. The buck's coming. I get my range finder. I hit this spot. It's like 37 yards. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, when he gets up, he's making this bead line. When he hits that 35-yard buffer, I'm going to set my dial to 35. I know when he gets up in there, I put that pin on him. I'm killing him. He's coming. He's at like probably 45 yards and closing. And he's got like a 15-yard gap ahead of the other deer. So I'm like, oh, this is fucking perfect. All the other deer are back to feeding. The little buck's out in front of me walking away. Life is good. I check over my shoulder to make sure no make sure no deer are coming behind me. I, I'm good. I mean, life's good. Wind's yep. in my face. The wind's coming from them to me. Like they're, uh, you know, they're upwind. Like I, shit's everything's great now. Oh god, dude, I go to come back to full draw, and my right shoulder pops. Like I, I thought I tore my rotator cuff. Oh god, just absolutely, just fucking boom. Dude, somebody doesn't want you to have this deer. So. In my mind, I'm like, I'm at half draw. The buck now is right. He's, he's, he's there. He's at 35, 36, start just, just fucking around feeding. I so 
I drop. So okay, you're you're at half draw. I drop my bow and everything down towards my hip. I take my left hand, my bow arm, and I push out. So now I'm back at full draw, but I'm down at my hip. I'm like, okay, I'm going to slowly try to roll everything now back up to my anchors. I can get my bow arm up, but I cannot roll my actual release hand up to where the back of my hand is flat against my face. So I've got a straight line. I can't do that. It's like I've got a fucking T-Rex arm over there. Like my elbows pointing down. I can't I can't roll my shoulder up in its socket to get back to like normal anchor. Well, now panic's setting in cuz I'm like shooting from at the full hip. draw. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like you're at full draw and you can't fucking I, like it's like there's a vice on my arm. Like I like <laughs> What what it was is I had strained my muscles so bad holding for so long that it's almost like my muscles were like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. Like, we are locked up and locked out. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to crouch down and scrunch down. And if I can get everything lined up and I feel comfortable, I push and pull my bow apart. I do not, I do not squeeze my fingers. I do not rotate my handle by moving my hand or my fingers at all. I'm just pushing and pulling until the bow goes off. Okay. So now that is not going to work. I now have to rotate my fingers to work the release to get the release to fire. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, if you can get back and get lined up and you feel confident and you can keep the pin on, we're going to go with it. If at any point you feel like it's a bad idea, you're just going to let down and, and it's, it's going to fucking be terrible, but this deer's just going to have to live to see another day. You know, I'm going to stop you real quick, just because all this is happening and, you know, you're explaining it in like, let's just say it's been 10 minutes, but really this is going on in like <clears throat> a matter oh. of minutes. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. Or, or even seconds. Yeah. Like, it's just like all yeah. these thoughts are coming in your head and you got to make decisions. It's crazy. Well, you know, when I come back to full draw on an animal, and I've always done this, um, I've fucked up on some really good animals when I was younger. And it's because I did not break down the process, the shot process. I did not break it down. You didn't slow the moment down. No, nope. And if I break it down into small little parts, and so job one, I do my job and then I can go to job two. I do my job and I go to job three. So I break everything down into these little, I have to get a victory to go to the next one. And then I get another small victory. Then I go yep. to the next one. And, I can and, see and that. that, that, that keeps me very sane in the moment. And when shit goes array, it keeps me very focused on the task at hand and it doesn't allow me to mentally basically lose my fucking cool and, and, and just, turn my mind into this clusterfuck mess so i'm like okay we're gonna get my peep and my sight housing aligned we're gonna get my bubble level okay step three we're gonna try to get my nose down on the string that was a really hard task because of just the fucked up positioning at my arms in i'm like okay we, we got that step four how do we feel about it so far things feel pretty good now we got step five, which is we've got to try to figure out how to rotate the handle and make the shot go off. 
where this was kind of up in the air was number one, my fingers are way more frostbite than I ever knew. My hands are fingers and hands are pretty well numb. My, the shoulders fucked. Um, I'm relying solely on my knowledge of how a handle release fires. I'm like, okay, there's a half moon in there. I'm going to now squeeze my hand and continue to squeeze and let that pin float. He's quartering away on that rib cage until the shot breaks. Everything feels pretty good. We're going to go with it. But if it, if it, if I would have had any doubt at that moment, I would have had to let down and it would have absolutely been fucking terrible. But I had my mind made up. It was either going to be in, in I'm all in or I'm all out. Right. Yep. Um, I've been there. If you don't feel confident with the shot or any sort yeah, of the process, you know, shut her down, man. If he it, if he would have been any further, if he would have been 40, 45, 50, honestly, probably wouldn't have happened. At 35, I felt pretty confident. Shot breaks, um, quartering away, pinwheeling that last rib. He actually falls down, gets up, wheels around, blood's just fucking pumping runs off about 80 yards and I'm pretty sure I hear him pile up. I'm so cold in my fingers at that moment. So I shoot this giant and it's like a switch went off in my head. At that moment is when I realized, um, after the adrenaline dump, how fucked my hands and my shoulder were. Now my next task was, get the hell out of this tree, get back to the milk house. Dad's got the heat on. Like I've got to go warm up my hands and figure out what I did to this shoulder. Oh, like, so I get back. He ran off hands, the field. You're saying though, he didn't, he didn't pile yep, up in yep. the field. No, he ran off the alfalfa, went about 80, hundred yards. And it sounded like he piled up, which ended up being what he did. So I go back. Um, I'm walking back to the house. I mean, I, in the barn I, I can't even like work my phone i'm trying to call my dad like my fingers are just fucked i mean they're not even red they're like purple at this point so i know i'm in bad shape my release hand has the indent of where my brass release was on my fingers the the, the skin was burned off from being on the release like it my right hand is like bad bad get back and i'm like i mean it's so bad that i'm now more concerned about my hand than i am killing a damn near a boon or eight point i mean that's that's how bad we're at with the frostbite um long story short to this day right now if i grab and anyone that saw me at a trade show will attest to this if they're listening to this i i, I have to have a koozie um if i grab anything that is hot or cold with this right hand it's like I grab an electric fence. Um, probably will have permanent damage on the right hand. Left hand has recovered pretty good, but like I said, my right hand is my release hand and right. my brass handle. So get warmed up. Um, call two of my best friends. My dad's with me. We get warmed up, get some beers flowing. That warms me up. Um, <laughs> shoulder, shoulders feeling a little better. Hands at this point, it just is what it is. They're so numb. I'm like, I don't even fucking care. Let's go get this buck. So he ends up, he goes about 80, 90 yards, you know, and he's piled up. And I'll never forget lifting his head out of the snow and brushing him off. And my buddy Adam is like, holy fuck, look at that frame. Like, I'll just, I'll just never forget 
picking his head up, brushing the snow off and just seeing that frame for the first time. Like, but you know, that was January 26, 76 day hunting that deer. Um, honestly had thought he was dead, thought the neighbor hit him just a crazy story you know um the fucking squirrel call i don't know how many people at the trade shows come up and they're like dude <laughs> they're like you got you, you gotta fucking hit us with that squirrel call and i'm like yeah man i mean i can you know and they're like dude what the fuck I'm like, <laughs> i don't know man like you know like i've heard a lot of crazy shit I'm, in my life but i've never heard anybody do a squirrel call at full draw to get deer to go back I to mean, doing what they're doing <laughs> I, you know like I was up in those oaks and there was beech nut trees. And I mean, I just, I, you know, there, there, I mean, I've done it before and it's worked never with a job, never, never with a booner in front of me. Um, but I've done it with like does and smaller bucks and I've done it like while turkey hunting and shit and it's calmed animals down, you know? And, um, but yeah, man. So that's, that's, that's the, that's the story Dude, of the giant eight. That's and awesome. I've got, uh, I got, you know, at the trade shows, everyone was like, let me see your hands. And I'd show them and they're like, Oh, like, you know, both my hands peeled twice. Um, huge blisters, you know, you can tell on my right hand where the release was still to this day at the trade shows. People were like, dude, like we didn't think you were exaggerating or a pussy, but we were like, I mean, is it really that bad? And then they, they're like, Holy fuck, dude, those are bad. And I'm like, yeah, man, they're pretty bad. And, uh, wow. but you know, was it worth it? Oh, hundred percent. I oh, would do yeah. it all over again. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, it just kind of adds to the, to the, to the, to the tail of the giant eight, you know, but, uh, yeah, man. Um, it, it, it'll be hard to top that one as far as just the story and, and just how it all played out. You know, um, one side note though, I will shoot a couple hundred shots this year rotating my handle in that position in case that ever happens again because what i've found is that my muscles were so stressed i like basically hyperextended overstretched and whatever you want to call it and basically i could not hold the weight and then roll that shoulder up in like it should have been because my muscles were so stressed so if that would ever happen again i'm going to be basically ready for that um i'm it's just you know it's something that like i would never practice because why would you want to shoot with fucked up form but like realistically i mean you know down the road that knowledge and and being more comfortable with that could could save me because like i said i mean luckily i was able to get it figured out stay calm you know i mean i attest a lot of that to just my mental strength as far as knowing how to calm myself, keep myself calm. That's what killed that buck that night because had I would have gotten rattled like the 18, 19 year old version of Clint Casper, no fucking way do I kill that deer. I would have been a rattled clusterfuck mess mentally and that deer there's no i would have rushed or done something stupid 100 percent, i don't kill that deer no way no way um i mentally would not have been able to slow the process and like compart you know like like basically like um compartmentalize mentally, everything yep compartmentalize everything mentally in my mind to break it down into little little victories to finally get to the 
you know, the moment where I can actually shoot the shot. So, well, and that just goes um, to being in that situation a lot. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's being there doing it. I mean, you hear like bringing it back to athletics. It's how many reps you can get. And, and, and the, the shitty thing about it is, is you only get so many reps a year in, in the moment when you're hunting. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. And that's why I like yep. to go out and smack a doe. Like, as, you know, oh, yeah. whenever I can, yep. because you just kind of get you in that mood. Like, a little confidence builder. Okay, yep. bow's hitting good. You know, went to full draw, well, put can, the beat on it, you know. I can remember in 2020, um, my big Utah bull that I, I killed on day eight or day nine, um, that freaking sucker I had run around for five or six days and, 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 oh my God. And I had lost like 15 fucking pounds on that hunt and it was just <laughs> running around on freaking public like a madman. But I had that bull at 46 and a cow and a calf broke off and he runs down to herd him back into his harem. And what should have been a 40, I'm at full draw at 46. He takes off and I'm like, shit, I let down. I'm ranging. I go from what should have been, or I'm sorry, 42 yard shot to a 76 yard shot in 10 seconds. In 10 seconds, I had to, I let down, ranged, and then cow mute at full draw and had to shoot him and pinwheel him at 76. And that scenario there was 100% all because I mentally was able to say, okay, we're going to let down, we're going to rearrange, we're going to come back to full draw we're going to put the pin on. I don't give a shit whether it's 42, 46, 58, 76, doesn't matter. Same process. Put the pin on him. Here's your opportunity. Fucking get him killed. Yep. And younger me, no fucking way would I have killed that bull. Right. No way. Yep. No way. But older me, I've been in the moments enough. I know what I've got to do. I know my process. Um, I know how to calm myself down. And as long as I do my jobs, my bow will do its job and shit will die. But the second that I fuck up on my end, that is when bad things take place. Yep. Well, and it just go like that scenario right there with the bull. It's like read and react. You know what I mean? It's like a football yep. term, like read and react. Oh, yeah. And what helps in that, yep. like you said, it is like being in that situation. You read and react. But then when you go to full draw and calm you, it's like okay you gotta from that point you have to learn to slow yep. that moment down like oh it's yeah gotta be slowed down oh yeah well yeah because i'm at you know he's bugling my adrenaline's going fucking crazy i gotta stop him i've got like a six foot window that i have to get him stopped in so he's walking and bugling heading back to his harem he's got this cow and the calf heading back in the right direction i'm at full draw I've got a mew loud enough to where he hears me at 76 yards, you know, so I'm giving him the old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And finally, after about the third time, he stops. Now it's. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Hurry up. Or you can settle your pin, take your time, you know, and and that's like that's what makes or breaks whether you're going to kill that bull or not is the guy that can, you know, slow it down in that moment settle the pin not rush the shot take the extra second and make it happen will kill that bull the guy that's going to hurry up slap the pin on the bull not pick a spot not pick a hair and just fucking cut her loose 
bad things happen there and oh, i've yeah. been there and, and 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 i've learned the hard way but those lessons are why my failures and those hard learned lessons in my younger years are now why I have fewer and fewer of those fuck ups now because I know what to do and what not to do for sure mentally. And you know, that's the important part is the mental game. I don't give a shit what animal, what bow you got, what range it is. It's killing shit comes down to what's between your ears. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I like that. It's, it's all mental, man. It's just like, you know, I've been on mountain hunts as well. I've been on a lot of them, and yep. I've been on sheep hunts and shit like that. And it's like, you know, I never yep. worked out a day to go on those. But the first day is like right. hell. But for me, like I, I consider myself pretty mentally tough. Anybody yep. can go in those mountains if you've got mental toughness. I don't care what shape you're in, you can do it. You might not be able to do it for 14 days, but if you have mental toughness, dude, anybody can do it. Absolutely, I've I've said it before on podcasts. I'll take the guy with a dad bod who's mentally tough all day over the guy with six pack abs who is a fucking pansy when things get tough because the second that shit gets hard, that dude is fucking done. Mm-hmm. Mentally, he's checked out. Yep. Like once shit once shit goes array or goes south, he's done. It's over. And there's no coming back. Once you check yourself out, you ain't checking back in. Yep. And you gotta think about every step you take out there. When you're out on those remote oh, yeah. haunts, it's like one oh, yeah. one wrong step could be your life. I mean, that, that's the honest to God truth. 100%. Yep, 100%. So, well, good deal, man. I have a freaking banger of a story. I'm glad I got to save that <laughs> to hear it on here. But, dude, that's, Absolutely, that's man. a good story. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun trying to, like, think back to, like, all the details and, and just, <laughs> like, you know, like, 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 like relive the moment, you know, and even got to throw a, the old the old the old squirrel chuckle in there, there so go. that's good and, <laughs> and yeah you know and i think next year i'm gonna maybe you know for a thousand bucks you can come out and hang out with me for a weekend drink beer and i'll teach you how to do the squirrel chuckle and hey Dude. who knows it might it you might kill a fucking 160 some inch eight point because of it i don't know you know i mean I'll take that for a thousand bucks yeah i mean why not yep. there's nothing else you can drink beer and listen to me do the old there. I mean, that's you know, it is what it is. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, dude, before we sign off here, tell everybody where they can find all the stuff that you're doing. I mean, you're you got your hands and everything, so so plug everything real quick. Yeah, absolutely, man. Facebook, Clint Casper, um, Instagram, Casper Clint, all one name. Um, right full time for Peterson's bow hunting. Um, love the guys over there. Do a, do a ton of stuff for them um, online. Pretty much a feature in every one of their um, issues. Um, obviously, man. But my homies over at WCB Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Um, Kurt and Eric and Doug, Austin Ross, all the guys over there. I've got the CC Hunt Files. Um, so those episodes drop every Wednesday. I'm on the the Jury Deer Cast um, app episodes with Kurt um, quite often, and then I'm on the WCB stuff quite often. But but um, as far as, you know, just social media and, and different things, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and, and like I said, Peterson's bow hunting. And then, you know, I do uh, I do the Big Tine, Big Tine's blog every month and, and do a lot of blog work for like Novix and Big Tine, Trophy Line and, um, you know, companies like that and whatnot. You know, I do some freelance and different things. But, yeah, man, just just kind of kind of floating all over the place and, and just uh, – 
living it up. Going to go get some sleep and hopefully going to take Easton, my, my six-year-old, out. Uh, we got two days left in the Ohio turkey season. So, man, I've been freaking scratching and clawing, trying to find some good weather to get him out and hopefully get him on his first bird. So, hopefully i can sleep tonight i'm pretty excited we got a good bird roosted for tomorrow morning and he was out strutting around this morning my uncle got footage of him so hopefully man gonna um gonna make that happen in the morning with easton and, and watch him freaking smoke one um on the second to last day of season so that would be a that'd be a good a good cap off and a good way to good way to end my turkey season for sure hell yeah man well thank you very much for coming on and doing this and uh we'll have to do it again for sure Absolutely, my man. Can't thank you enough. Everybody over there at the fall, all the guys and whatnot, and everyone that supports this podcast and our podcast over at WCB and whatnot. I really, truly can't thank you. You know, if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this, and and uh, it wouldn't be definitely wouldn't be near the fun if it wasn't for all the interaction and and, and you know all the comments and, and different things. Man, we all we all love it. So, Aaron, thanks again, my man. Always, uh, always my pleasure. We will talk soon and uh, really looking forward to both our episodes being back to back dropping. So people will probably be sick to death to listening to us after. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> the, uh, but hey, you know what? As Doug would say, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> all right, man, with that, let's sign off here. Greatly appreciated. Everybody, thank you for all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review. That always is appreciated. And we'll see you right here next week on The Fall Podcast. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.